is fa then ghayra other than Allahi Allah. Is it then other than Allah? Abtaghi, I seek, I should take hakaman as judge. The Prophet ﷺ is told to declare over here that tell these mushrikeen that do you want me to take a judge that is other than Allah? Meaning, you want me to accept the judgment of others and leave the judgment of Allah? You want me to take the decision of others, their commands, and leave what Allah has commanded? No, I'm never going to do that. Hakam is from the root letters ha, kaf, meem. It's from the word hukum. What does hukum mean? Command, judgment. And hakam is a judge, decision maker. Any other word in Arabic that gives the same meaning? Hakim. Okay. Hakim also means judge and hakam also means judge. Hakim is a judge who could make a judgment that could be correct and it could also be false. But isn't that true for every judge? Tell me, isn't that true for every judge? Yeah, it's possible because at the end of the day, every judge is a human being. I mean, human beings, we're talking about people. Right? They could make a decision that is right. They could also make a decision that is wrong. So, hakim. But hakim, okay, one of its meanings is one who, when he makes a judgment, when he makes a decision, it is always correct. And who can that be? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are other meanings of hakam as well, but this is one of the meanings. So over here, the Prophet ﷺ is made to declare that, tell the people, should I take a hakam other than Allah? No, I'm only going to accept his decision, his command. Why? Because wahua. Wa, while, huwa, he is, alladhi, the one who anzala, he sent down, ilaykum to you, al-kitabah, the book. Because he is the one who has sent the book to you. He is the one who has revealed the Qur'an. And how has he revealed it? Mufassala. Explained in detail. Mufassal from fa, sad, lam. Fasala. Fasala is to separate, to depart. Falamma fasala talut bil junood. He departed, he set out. So it is to separate. And fassala yufassilu tafsil is to explain something. How? By separating each point from the other, each thing from the other. You know, things are mixed up together, you don't understand them. The whole concept is brought to you, is presented to you in point form. So what happens? The whole thing is made clear to you. So mufassal means that he has sent the Qur'an containing all the details that are necessary for me. He has elaborated in the Qur'an what is the truth and what is falsehood. He has mentioned in detail in the Qur'an what is halal and what is haram. So when all of these commands, prohibitions, matters of halal and haram, do's and don'ts are clarified in the Qur'an in so much detail, why should I take somebody else's decisions? Why should I follow someone else's commands? You know, one is that a person is ignorant of what Allah has commanded to him. So what does he do? He follows what people tell him. But the other is that he is aware. Allah has told him what he should do. Then, in his case, he should not follow others. Who should he follow? What should he do? What Allah has elaborated. 
You know, if there are no rules, then you do whatever you want. But when the rules are there, then you're supposed to follow the rules. So just like that, why should I follow the commands, the instructions of others, when Allah has already revealed in the Qur'an everything that is necessary for us to know? وَالَّذِينَ And those people who أَتَيْنَاهُمْ We have given them الْكِتَابَ The book, meaning the Yahud and the Nasara, يَعْلَمُونَ They know أَنَّهُ That indeed it, meaning the Qur'an is منزل, One revealed مِنْ from رَبِّكْ Your Lord. They know that the Qur'an has been revealed by Allah, your Lord. Bilhaq with the truth, meaning it is truly Allah who has revealed the book. So even when they know that the Qur'an is revealed from Allah, then should you have any doubts about the Qur'an? No, never. This is why Allah says, فَلَا So do not تَكُونَنَّ You definitely be, you at all be, min from al-mumtarin, those who doubt. Meaning never be of those who have doubts about the truth. Don't entertain any doubts about the Qur'an. So in this ayah, what's the main message? That there's so much false propaganda out there about the Qur'an. That it promotes hate or it promotes violence or it talks about things that are irrelevant today. It's outdated. It was possible to follow it 1400 years ago but not today. People say all these things about the Qur'an. And more. Hmm? But what do we learn from this ayah? That no matter what people say about the Qur'an, you are not going to leave the Qur'an. Why? Because the Qur'an contains the judgments, the decisions, the commands of Allah. And Allah, He knows better than the people. And in the Qur'an, everything of your benefit is mentioned in detail. People don't know. They cannot tell you. Only the Qur'an can tell you. So no matter what propaganda you hear, no matter what false things you hear about the Qur'an, never ever doubt about the Qur'an. The Qur'an is always a criteria for you. وَتَمَّتْ And it was complete. It was perfected. Kalimatu Statement رَبِّكَ Of your Lord. The word, the statements of your Lord have been completed, perfected, fulfilled. What does it mean by tammat? From tamim, mim, tamam. To be complete, to be perfect. It is when something is fulfilled. So, وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ And what is the kalimatu رَبِّكَ? The word of your Lord. What is the word of your Lord? The Qur'an. Hmm? And not just the Qur'an, but any statement, any command, any instruction that Allah has given, whether it is in the Qur'an, or it was taught to the Prophet ﷺ, and he conveyed it to us. So, the word of your Lord, His message, it is complete. It is fulfilled. How? Sidqan in truth, wa and adlan in justice, in fairness. What does that mean? That the Quran, the word of Allah, the command of Allah, it is based upon what? Truth and justice. It has been completed, perfected, based on what? On truth and on justice. Fairness. You know, many times there are rules and regulations, or let's say policy, or let's say you go even bigger, constitution of a country. Hmm? That is based on what? It's based on what? People's observation, hmm? their experience, or some pact that people made thousands of years ago of justice, of fairness. Okay? But still, is it 
a hundred percent fair and just? Is it? Is it always hundred percent fair and just? No. Is it always based upon reality? No. Why? Because it is based on human experience. It is based on human knowledge. And the one thing that is definite about human beings is that they don't have all knowledge. Right? While they're aware of many things, they're still ignorant of many things. This is why we see that every country boasts about its constitution. That it's the best, it is the most fair, but yet it is different from the constitution of other countries. Right? Every company boasts that their policy is the best. Every government boasts that their policy is the best. Because if they didn't believe that, they wouldn't have it in effect. The fact that they follow it, that they observe it, that they punish or reward people based on that, means that they believe it is the best. But yet we see that there are times when it reflects unfairness, when it reflects bias, when it reflects that it's not based on truth. But the Qur'an, the word of Allah, what is that based on? Truth and fairness. Sidqan wa adala. Take for example, the verses of inheritance that we learned earlier. And in those verses, we learned in so much detail about how much share has to be given to which person, depending on their relationship with the deceased and depending on whether they have children or whether they have a spouse or not, right? How complete and how thorough the law of inheritance is. And when was it revealed? 1400 years ago. And in that, who has a share? Men have a share and women have a share. But we see that so many countries, so many governments, so many constitutions, when did they grant such rights to women? Not very long ago. Yes. In the U.S., each state has its own rules about inheritance. And I remember even as recently as 20 years ago, I think in like Georgia or somewhere, there was an old woman. She had no children, no brothers, no uncles, anything. Her husband died. She wasn't allowed to inherit anything. And they had to change the constitution so that she could inherit even like a penny. So. Imagine. So uh, you see examples of this. Right? Women, they had no right to vote. They had no right to speak for their rights, to demand any rights for themselves. No right to education even. But we see that the book of Allah, the sunnah of His Messenger grants all of these rights. Why? Because it is based on what? Sidqan wa adla. It is based on truth and justice. This is why Allah says, لا not مبدل One who changes. Meaning there is none that can change. لِكَلِمَاتِهِ For His words. There is none that can change, that can alter the words of Allah. Meaning what He has revealed. The Qur'an, no one can alter it. No matter how much they try. They cannot change it. The rules, the laws that Allah has revealed, none can contravene them. The truth, in other words, is not going to be changed. You know like a constitution, it's revised every now and then? Hmm? Why? Because it has flaws in it, it has weaknesses in it. But the word of Allah is so perfect that it does not need to be revised even though 1400 years have passed by since it was given to people. Why? Because it is perfect in itself. La مُبَدِّلَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ So what does this show? That we cannot change the Qur'an. What do we have to change? 
ourselves. We have to change ourselves. لا مبدل لكلماته. No matter how much people oppose it, no matter how much they dislike it, no matter how much they present it as something evil or false, but still they cannot change the words of Allah. وهو السميع العليم and he is the hearing, the knowing. Meaning he hears what the people say and he knows what they do. Allah warns us. وَإِنْ and if تُطِعْ you obey from إطاعه. If you were to obey أَكْثَرَ most meaning majority of who? مَنْ هُو فِي الْأَرْضِ in the earth. If you were to follow the majority of those who are on this earth, what would happen? يُضِلُّوكَ They would mislead you. عَنْ from سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ way of Allah. Because typically, what do we think? That if everybody is doing something, it's got to be right. But then, when we read the Qur'an, it says something completely different. You want to follow the Qur'an? Everybody opposes you. You feel like a weird person. You know, someone out of this planet. Someone who's very different from the rest of the people. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say over here? That the majority is not necessarily on the truth. Because if you were to follow majority of the people then they would mislead you from the way of Allah. Why? Because in not yattabi'una they follow illa except Allah, the supposition, the assumption. Majority of the people, their beliefs, their practices are based on what? Allah. Not certainty, not conviction. They're not a hundred percent sure. It's just what? Allah. Wa in and not whom they illa except yakhrusun they guess, they conjecture. Yakhrusun from kha, ra, sad. Kha, ra, sad. Khirs is basically to estimate, to guess. So for example, khalasan nakhla is when a person guessed the weight of the fruit on a date palm tree. You know, yesterday we saw all those bunches. Okay? So imagine somebody sees all that and he says, I think it's about 20 kilos. I think it's about 50 kilos. I remember once we saw a swimming pool that was empty. Okay? And somebody was there and they're like, I think it's a hundred feet. And somebody said, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, wait a minute. What did you say? A hundred feet? Do you realize how much a hundred feet is? This is not a hundred feet. Yes, it's very deep, but it's not a hundred feet. It may be twenty feet. Okay? But it cannot be a hundred feet. This is what qarasa is. To just look at something and guess. Guesstimate. Okay? This is what qarasa is. So, وَإِنْهُمْ إِلَّا يَخْرُسُونَ Meaning, whatever they follow, whatever they do, is just based on what? Assumption. Supposition. Guessing. They do not have conviction. Who has conviction? Who has conviction? The one who knows that what he believes in is a hundred percent true. When can you know that what you believe in is a hundred percent true? When? For example, a person believes that the scripture he believes in is a hundred percent true. So because of that he has conviction. When can he have such a belief about that book, about that scripture? So for example, if it is said that this book contradicts science... Can he have that conviction then? Okay. If it is said that in this book there are many, many contradictions. There are many, many contradictions. Can he have such 
belief about that book then? No. Okay. And by the way, it is when he agrees with these statements. Okay. If it is said that there are many errors in this book because it was altered by many people, it was written by many people, it wasn't even written in the first hundred years. It was written after a hundred years. It was written after two hundred years. And it got lost somewhere. And then it was discovered. And then somebody wrote it from their memory. And then it was in a different language. And it was translated in a different language. And the original version was lost. And then it was revised. And it was revised again. It was revised again. Can you have conviction about that book? You can't. When can you have conviction about that book? When you know that it is exactly as it was the day it was revealed. No word has been changed. No word has been altered. It is preserved in its original state from the very, very first day. And on top of that, it is from Allah. Then the person will have conviction. If you were told that so-and-so wrote a book, and you read it, and there are many things mentioned in it, at the end what will you say? Yeah, there are many things I agree with, there are many things I disagree with. Why do you disagree with them? Because that human being wrote that, and you disagree with his opinions. They're based on what? His knowledge, his observation. But if a book comes from the Lord of the worlds, then it is based on his knowledge. And when it's based on his knowledge, it's 100% accurate. So then, will you have yaqeen? Will you have conviction? Will you have certainty? Yes. And even if somebody says, oh, there are errors in this book, you won't give any importance to that statement. Why? Because you know this book is from Rabbul Alameen. And when it's from Rabbul Alameen, it will be free of errors. So, What does Allah say? That the majority of the people do not have conviction. They do not have certainty. Whatever they believe, whatever they follow, it is based on one. That's why you cannot follow the majority. Rather, you have to follow the book of Allah. In Surah Yunus, Ayah 36, we learn, وَمَا يَتَّبِعُ أَكْثَرُهُمْ إِلَّا ظَنَّا إِنَّ الظَّنَّ لَا يُغْنِي مِنَ الْحَقِّ شَيْئًا That most of them follow nothing but assumption. And indeed, assumption avails not against the truth at all. Meaning it can never take the place of the truth. It can never substitute for the truth. Assumption is, it can never be like the truth. It can never be like conviction. And if you think about it, there are many things that we study. And what is said? It's a theory. The theory of this, the theory of that. What is a theory? Is it a fact? It's not a fact. It's a theory. This is what zan is. This is what kharasa is. So Allah says, إِن يَتَّبِعُونَ إِلَّا الظَّنِّ وَإِنْهُمْ إِلَّا يَخْرُسُونَ This is why a believer has to be very careful. He doesn't accept everything that people tell him. You know, the same message is being repeated in these verses. Use your mind. What is your criteria? The book of Allah. Majority is not the authority. إِنَّ indeed رَبَّكَ Your Lord. هُوَ He is أَعْلَمُ Most knowing. Indeed, your Lord knows best about what? Man who yadillu, he is astray, an from sabilihi, his way. Your Lord knows who is astray, 
who is not on the right path wahuwa and he a'lam most knowing bil muhtadin with those who are rightly guided meaning allah knows who is guided and who is not guided allah knows what is right and what is wrong allah knows what is good and what is evil this is why you're not going to follow the people you're going to follow allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is why you might be the only person who wears hijab in your class but still you're going to do it even though nobody does it why because it is what allah has said because sometimes it happens that we start thinking that nobody does it why am i like a fool why should i be a fool why should i be so different from the rest of the people it doesn't matter even if you are very different from the rest of the people just because everybody does something it doesn't make it right Assalamualaikum. Um, this kind of reminds me of my school. Our school doesn't have much of a diversity. It's um, I was going through the yearbook last year, and I was counting out how many hijabis there were. And I, I knew there weren't many. Um, but after I counted them, I found out that there were only six, including myself. And I was surprised because I, I was just like, wow, like... There are no Muslims pretty much at my school. And the few Muslims that had hijabs in middle school, they took them off. And now there were only six left. And those six didn't even, like, their clothes weren't, like, what they should be wearing, you know? Assalamu alaikum. Um, I find that even now when we look at, you know, big research coming out or, you know, someone's told you something, in terms of worldly matters, we're always like, where did you get that from? What's your source? You know, what's yes. your proof? So we only like believing things when we know it's from someone who actually is already extremely knowledgeable. So when we're getting the Qur'an, we're getting it from the one who is the most knowledgeable about everything. So obviously we should trust it because we know it's from someone who knows about everything. Yes. Very true. That we always want proof and evidence. Everything has to be backed up by some kind of research, reliable research, good research, then we'll follow it. Um, assalamu alaikum. I'm just thinking about like the hereafter when most people are being thrown into the hellfire, would you want to be one of them? That every time you want to follow the majority, you say everybody does it, so what's the big deal? Why shouldn't I do it? Tell yourself that if everybody is going into the fire of hell, crowds and crowds of people being thrown into hell, would I be one of them? No, never. So if I don't want to be one of them, I don't want to be one of them today. I cannot follow everything that people are doing. And sometimes it happens that when we see everybody is doing something that's wrong, and they're having fun, they're having a good time, then you tell yourself, why am I making life so difficult for myself? What's the big deal if I also... Do what they're doing. It is a big deal. As inshallah we will learn in one of the verses later, that leave all kinds of sin, apparent and hidden. Because those who commit sin, they will be punished for what they do. Every sin is punishable unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives you. So just because everybody is doing it, it doesn't make that sin right. It is still wrong. So you're not going to do it. Okay, let's listen to the recitation of these verses. أَفَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْتَغِي حَكَمًا وَهُوَ الَّذِي أَنزَلَ إِلَيْكُمُ الْكِتَابَ مُفَصَّلًا 
You know, one is called Akdabul Hadith, the worst lie. The worst lie is one assumption, supposition. You have no basis on which you're saying what you're saying, but still you say it. it's the worst lie. So, majority of the people, their beliefs, whether it's their religion, or it is, you know, the way of their thinking, it's based on what? Supposition. At the end of the day, there's no facts that support it. There's no reality that supports it. So don't follow the majority. Follow what Allah has given you. Allah says, فَكُلُوا So all of you eat. مِمَّا From that which, ذُكِرَ It was mentioned. Ismu name Allahi of Allah alayhi upon it in if kuntum you were bi ayatihi with his verses mu'minin ones who believe that eat of that animal eat that meat over which the name of Allah was pronounced when was it pronounced at the time of its slaughter meaning you believers should only eat of that meat on which the name of Allah was pronounced. And this means that if an animal was slaughtered in a way that the name of Allah was not pronounced, then can you eat the meat of that animal? Is it allowed for a believer to do that? No, it's not. Allah says, In kuntum bi ayatihi mu'minin. If you really believe in the verses of Allah, then you better eat only such meat. And this shows that if a person eats other meat on which the name of Allah was not pronounced, then that shows the weakness of his faith in Allah's verses. Because look at the condition over here. In kuntum bi ayatihi mu'minin. And over here, we see a positive command is being given to eat only such meat. Now the people of Makkah, the mushrikeen, they raised an objection against the Prophet ﷺ, against the Muslims. They said that you claim that you believe in Allah and you only worship Him and your goal in life is to please Him, to submit to His command, to surrender to His will, then how come you eat only that meat that you have slaughtered and over which you've mentioned the name of Allah? Why don't you eat the meat of an animal that has died a natural death? Meaning, why don't you eat an animal that Allah killed? If Allah killed an animal... Hmm? That was his will. That was his decision. 
Allah killed an animal? How? That an animal died, for example, by falling, by becoming sick, by dying in the cold. Okay? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused it to die. So when Allah caused an animal to die, alright, He killed the animal, that was His will, His decision, then why don't you eat the meat of such an animal? Do you understand their question? You might be like, yeah. They have a point. We're supposed to surrender to Allah's will. His decision. It was Allah's decision to let that animal die. So why don't we eat the meat of such an animal? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that you should meet only that animal which was slaughtered in the name of Allah. But then why don't you eat the other animal which Allah killed? Which Allah allowed to die? Why not? Because that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow us to eat. Remember that there's two things. One is that which Allah commands, which Allah orders, which Allah instructs. And the other is that which Allah allows to happen. Allah lets happen. Alright? For example, think of an example. One is that which Allah orders, and the other is that which Allah allows to happen. Anybody? Okay. So for example, a person falls ill. This is what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to fall ill. The other thing, that Allah has commanded something. Yes? Okay, Allah allows someone to die. What is that? Something that Allah has allowed to happen. The other is that Allah has commanded the believers to do it. All the things that you do as a Muslim. You pray, okay, you give zakat, alright? Any command, instruction that you learn from the book of Allah, from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, you know, distributing the inheritance, alright? Punishments, alright? Fine, whatever it is, in a kafara for something. All of this is what? What Allah has commanded, what Allah has ordered. Now, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders us to do, whether it is to eat something, or it is to perform a certain ritual, okay? Any command, any hukum of the sharia that you learn from the Qur'an and sunnah, remember that is something that Allah likes. That is something that Allah loves. And that is the reason why He has ordered us to do it. So for example, an animal, Allah says, slaughter it, mention the name of Allah, and then you eat of that meat. Now this command, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes. When a believer slaughters an animal, mentions the name of Allah, and then eats of that meat, this is something that Allah likes. Allah approves of. This is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also reward a person for it. The other thing is something that Allah allows to happen. Whether it is somebody becoming sick, or it is a storm coming, or it is rain falling, or it is fitna, or it is people killing one another, or people committing many, many crimes. Allah lets it happen. Allah lets evil to spread sometimes. Correct? Isn't that what we see around us? But remember that just because Allah allows something to happen, it doesn't mean that Allah likes it and He approves of it. And that is something that He wants His servants to do. 
So if an animal dies, it doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to eat of it. Alright? If there is an animal that is dead, it doesn't mean that we are supposed to eat from it. No, because Allah never commanded us. It is something that Allah allowed to happen. But it doesn't mean that Allah wants us to use it. And this is a very, very important principle that you should have memorized and you should understand very clearly. Because many times it will happen that people will raise questions. That how come there's so much evil in the world, if there's really a God and you say He's the most merciful and one part of His mercy is in this world, where is that mercy? How come my mom is suffering from cancer? And how come my father died in such and such way? And how come my child is so sick? What crime did my child ever commit? How come this old person is suffering so badly in this world? Where is God? Where is His mercy? Remember that Allah has allowed it to happen, but it doesn't mean that He likes that. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow it to happen? Why? Because this world is a place of test. There is both good and there is evil. Allah tests people through good and through evil. He tests them through sickness and through health, through poverty and through wealth. Right? Through freedom and through difficulties in their lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests people in both ways. And remember that no matter what misery a person is going through in this world, if he is hopeful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward, he is patient, he accepts Allah's decree, then Allah will reward him inshallah on the day of judgment. Then his ranks will be elevated on the day of judgment in the hereafter. So always remember this, that just because Allah has allowed something to happen, it doesn't mean that is something that we're supposed to do. That is what Allah wants us to do. Alright? So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies over here that if you believe, then you should only eat from that meat, from that animal over which the name of Allah has been mentioned. Mentioned when? At the time of slaughter. Not at the time of eating. At the time of eating, you're supposed to say Bismillah anyway. Isn't it so? Whether you're eating lentils or you're eating a carrot or you're eating a burger. Okay, with meat inside it. No matter what you're eating, what are you supposed to do? What's the etiquette that you say? Bismillah. And if you do not say Bismillah, then what happens? Shaitan becomes a partner in that. Meaning he also benefits from the food that you're eating. So what does it mean by this? The eat of that meat over which the name of Allah was mentioned? At the time of slaughter. And this is what differentiates Muslims from the rest of the people. Because the rest of the people, they will eat any meat. Yes, some religions, some people, they do have certain dietary restrictions. However, when it comes to Muslims, we eat only that meat, that animal over which the name of Allah was mentioned. So over here, a positive command is being given. Then Allah says, وَمَا لَكُمْ And what is for you? Meaning what's the reason? Why would you not? Allah, that not. Ta'kulu, you all eat mimma from that which dhukira. It was mentioned, ismullahi, name of Allah, alayhi upon it. Why would you not eat of that upon which the name of Allah has been mentioned? Meaning what's the reason? Why would you leave that? Of course, you should only eat such meat. Why? Because a believer, when he does anything, he does it for Allah. And for that, it has to be according to the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. Because at the end of the day, every action that a believer does, what is he seeking by it? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure and approval. And remember that the creation that Allah has created, yes, we are to benefit from it. We are allowed to use it for our benefit. But when we shed blood, when we shed blood, even if it's of a lamb or a goat or a chicken, when we shed blood, we do it by the permission of Allah. Because if Allah had not allowed us, then it would seem, it would appear to be unfair. And we see that so many people today, they are against eating animals. Why? Because they cannot fathom how blood can be shed. A creature can be killed just so that you can have some meat. But the fact is that when we're slaughtering an animal, we're doing it by the permission of Allah. This is why you have to mention Allah's name. You have to mention Allah's name. And if Allah's name is not mentioned, then that creature is not dedicated to Allah. And when it's not dedicated to Allah, then how can you eat of it? وَقَدْ While in fact, فَصَّلَ He has explained in detail from tafsil فَصَادْلَمْ Which is to explain in detail. He has explained in detail, لَكُمْ for you مَا that which حَرَّمَ He forbade alaykum upon you. Meaning, Allah has already informed you of that which is forbidden. Of that which you are not allowed to eat. And this has already happened. Has it already happened? Yes. Have we read verses before which tell us about that which we cannot eat? Yes. For example, we have read in Surah Al-Baqarah, we have read in Surah Al-Ma'idah, and this Surah, Surah Al-An'am, since it's a Makki Surah, okay, and Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ma'idah, they're Madni Surahs, we have to look for an ayah from a Makki Surah, okay, which tells us what is forbidden. And which Surah is that? Surah Al-Nahl. Surah Al-Nahl, Ayah 115. In that we learn, إِنَّمَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةِ وَالدَّمْ وَلَحْمَ الْخِنْزِيرِ وَمَا أُهِلَّ لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ بِهِ That He has only forbidden to you dead animals. So for example, if a goat falls and dies, it's what? A dead animal. It is forbidden for you to eat that. Blood, the flesh of pig, and that which has been dedicated to other than Allah. So these things are forbidden on you. But other than that, it's allowed. So if a person were to slaughter a goat and mention the name of Allah, would that be permissible for him to eat it? Of course. So وَقَدْ فَصَّلَ لَكُمْ مَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِلَّا except There is an exception. Exception to what? To eating that which Allah has forbidden. And when is that exception? Meaning when is that going to be applied? When is a person allowed to eat of that which Allah has forbidden? مَا that which أُطْرِدْتُمْ إِلَيْهِ You were compelled over it. أُطْرِدْتُمْ We have done this word earlier. ضَادْرَرَ ضَرَرَ is to harm and اِطْرَرَ is to force someone to do that which they find harmful for themselves. So they don't want to do it. And what does it refer to? That you are allowed to eat that which Allah has forbidden in times when you are forced to eat that haram food. Meaning you have no option but to eat that haram food. This doesn't mean that you go to a food court and you don't see Villa Medina, so you're like, oh, might as well eat from you know, some other restaurant. I've always wanted to know what their food is like. And this is my chance. I'm hungry. And you know, there's no New York fries or anything, so I might as well go grab myself a chicken sandwich or something from this restaurant. Hmm? No. إِلَّا مَطْرِدْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ You were compelled, you were forced to eat the haram. When? When you were at the verge of dying. 
when you were in a critical situation, you had no choice but to eat that haram food. So in that case, a believer is forbidden. So for instance, if a person is stranded in a place, stuck in a place, cannot come out of that place for whatever reason, and all the food that they have, they run out of it. And what they see around them is for example, donkeys, or for example, cats, or for example, dogs. Now all these animals are haram. If a Muslim eats them, he's committing a sin. But if a person is in such a situation that he doesn't have a choice, if he doesn't take some meat from that donkey or from that cat or from that dog, he will literally die. He will starve to death. So in this situation, can he eat of those haram animals? Can he? Yes, he can. Will he be sinful? No, he won't be sinful. Allah will forgive him because Allah knows what situation that slave of his is in. Likewise, if a person is being forced by someone, forced by someone, I'm not talking about peer pressure, I'm talking about like physical abuse. And it may happen to a person. It may happen to a person. Like for example, a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, he was tied up literally, and his mother, his father were killed right before him. And he was made to insult the Prophet ﷺ. He didn't want to do that, but he did it just to save his life. So just like that, if a person is imprisoned by his enemies and they force him, that you eat this pork, you eat this haram food, and in that he has no choice. He has no choice. So if he eats it, is he sinful? No, he's not sinful. Allah will forgive him. So, إِلَّا مَطْتُرِدْتُمْ إِلَيْهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَإِنَّ and indeed, كَثِيرًا many, meaning there are many people, what do they do? لَيُضِلُّونَ Surely they mislead. They lead others astray. How? بِأَهْوَائِهِمْ With their desires. بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ Without any knowledge. Many people, they mislead others. How? That they bring up these strange kind of arguments which are based on their desires, not knowledge. For example, what the mushikeen said to the Muslims, how come you don't eat of that animal which Allah killed? Apparently it seems like, wow, they really have a point there. But if you think about it, this point, is it based on solid knowledge? No. Because they don't know about Allah. They don't know this rule that what Allah allows to happen, it doesn't mean that He wants us to do it. So, we should be very careful. We should be alert. When somebody is presenting an argument to us, remember, it's not based on solid knowledge. If it contradicts the Qur'an and Sunnah. It's based on their desires, their ideas, their whims. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ Indeed, your Lord. هُوَ أَعْلَمُ He is most knowing. بِالْمُعْتَدِينَ With the transgressors. Allah knows who transgresses the bounds. Allah knows who is disobedient. Allah knows who is sinful. So you be careful, you be alert, and don't fall prey to the kind of arguments that people present to you. To make you weak in your position. To make you weak in your understanding. To make you weak in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, we learned about Zuhruf al-Qawl, right? This argument the mushrikeen presented, is this an example of Zuhruf al-Qawl? Yes. Right? A false thing presented such so beautifully, you can get convinced. You can get impressed and you can really believe what they're telling you. 